Coming up in this podcast, World Trade Centre, UWA, Uranium Mining, Elizabeth Gaines, Conventions and Conferences. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News, with Mark Pownall and Mark Beyer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Hi, I'm Mark Pownall. And I'm Mark Beyer. Welcome to our weekly podcast. Uh, Mark, uranium mining has been in the doldrums since uh, Fukushima, really, in 2011, which was a big setback uh, for hopes that a local industry here would develop. This week, there was some good news for those looking to start a mine here. Yep. There's several groups in Western Australia who have been doing a lot of preparatory work for what could be uh, four very big global-scale uranium mines in Western Australia. Uh, Like many minerals, huge deposits of uranium here. But because of regulatory issues in the past and blockages that's not developed, uh, the current government has given approval now for four uranium projects. The one that was most contentious is the Yaliri project, which is backed by Canadian company Cameco. And what made this contentious is that the Environmental Protection Authority, in their advice, they said the project should not go ahead because there's a particular and very obscure subterranean fauna, some little critters that live below the ground, and there's a concern that the project could wipe them out. The government has come out and said, well, that's a risk, but let's go away and do some more surveys and find out whether this particular subterranean fauna exists elsewhere, because this is a common occurrence. You do these uh, detailed surveys of flora and fauna, and you find something that nobody knew about before. Maybe they do exist elsewhere. Nobody's ever done the survey. So they're going to do that. But secondly, the government's taken a broader view and said, look, in view of the potential economic and uh, sort of social benefits that might flow from this, we still think it's worth giving approval. So, of course, that's raised the hackles of the environmental lobby who are saying, you know, you shouldn't have approved it. Um, Now, the backdrop, of course, is that uranium prices are in the doldrums nothing is going to happen. And you know, should there be a change of government at the March election, it'll be a real test for Labor to see where they stand on this mm-hmm. because they've traditionally been very anti-uranium. So you know, it's a really interesting debate about how much weight we give to these environmental considerations and how we balance that uh, with other economic and commercial objectives. Yes, I did think it was a, bit of a, a little bit of a wedge move there uh, by the government to make that announcement ahead of the election. But, uh, you know, some, I would argue, long time coming. Um, Now, just uh, remaining in the resources sector, Fortescue Metals Group made an unusual move this week, appointing an existing director, Elizabeth Gaines, as CFO. Mark, what did you make of that? Yeah, what I think it highlighted is just how few women occupy senior executive roles at prominent companies around Perth. I've been going through our lists, and there aren't very many women occupying um, any role of that seniority or importance. So, you know, good on Fortescue for doing this. Um, They've actually led the charge in terms of getting more women onto their board and generally supporting uh, the progression of women through the business. And, you know, putting a a woman in as CFO, um, very significant move. Now, Elizabeth has a great track record. Um, she worked at Bank West many years ago. Uh, she was CEO at Hatesbury. Um, she ran Hello World, a you know, listed company in the travel business. Um, so, you know, no doubt has the credentials. And 
as an opportunity here to go from being a, a non-executive director into a senior executive role. And just wondering there, she's previously gone from a CFO role, which I think was at Jet Set Travel, and then that became Hello World, and she emerged as CEO. Any chance? Is this a you know preliminary move to replace Nev Power at some point in the future? Oh, look, I think any good business likes to have several internal candidates who could take the uh, the job. Um, so, and there's plenty of good executive talent there at Fortescue. So, who knows? And, and where, where do we see women in leadership roles in WA? Yeah, look, not-for-profit sector. There's quite a lot of women in senior roles. You know, we've recently profiled Jennifer Lawrence, who's taken over at Brightwater. Um, Stephanie Buckland recently moved from tourism to Amana Living. Um, in the um, government, you know, Sharon O'Neill heads up education. There are several women who are director generals. Um, but the other one that really stands out is the university sector, you know, four out of the five public universities have women as vice-chancellors. And, of course, uh, the most recent appointment was Dawn Freshwater getting the gig at University of Western Australia. So a significant move there, Mark. No, very significant. Um, now, Dawn uh, Freshwater was pretty well known um, at UWA because she has been basically implementing or the implementor of um, the restructuring uh, of both the courses and the faculties um, of, of the university, which is the state's oldest and one of the oldest in the country, um, under Paul Johnson. So I guess when Paul Johnson decided to step down uh, and not seek reappointment in around September last year, that announcement was made, um, it it, I guess in hindsight it makes sense for Dawn Freshwater to take over from him given they were right at the cusp of this change. You know, it's all just happening. And I guess to ask a new person into the university to come and implement something that they've had nothing to do with could be quite tricky and risky from a uh, continuity point of view because um, you'd need someone to believe in it and presumably Dawn, as someone who's worked closely with the previous Vice-Chancellor, um, would would uh, would be a you know believer in it, know how it works, and and the and the strategy behind it. So in hindsight, probably not a surprising move, but uh, you know she she comes with well credentialed and as you say fourth woman uh, leader in four public universities, and of course Notre Dame has a female in Celia Hammond, and that's a really private university. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty uh, pretty big move there, and uh, we'll watch and wait and see. Um, now, Mark, the big uh, property news of the week was the announcement that a Middle Eastern developer planned to build Perth's biggest building, or tallest, I suppose is the right word. What's that one? Yeah, look, there's a, a, an international group that actually operates under the name World Trade Centres, and there are quite a few World Trade Centres uh, in big cities all around the world. And so this group, it's headed up by a person from Qatar, um, Ghazi Abu Nal, and they've got Neil Kidd, who used to be the general manager of property at Perth Airport as their local rep. Very ambitious proposal, uh, $1.8 billion they're talking about, um, two very tall towers, one of which would be 75 storeys, so tallest in the Perth. Um, and this is at the back end of the CBD. It's uh, sort of effectively above the railway line, um, on the eastern side of Beaufort Street. So, you know, not really the uh, the glamorous end of the city. But, 
you know, clearly a, a long-term vision to do something that would really revitalise that part of Perth. Now, these people have already put some money where their mouth is. They bought the old Meyer Megamart site just over on the north side of the railway line, paid $50 million. So, you know, that's a pretty clear signal mm. that these people are... Uh, um, you know, serious about this and putting some big dollars into it. So, you know, I'm sure nothing will happen in the next few years, particularly with the glut of office space that we have in Perth at the moment. But really exciting to see people doing preparatory work uh, for what could be a very big uh, transformative commercial development uh, in Perth. And you know, adding to um, you know, the big area at the moment, hotels. Um, and a lot of international groups coming in, developing new hotels. And that is something that Dan Wilkie has looked at in some depth for our upcoming feature on conventions and conferences. What can you tell us about that, Mark? Yeah, well, uh, look, I'm not sure if the World Trade Centre, despite its name, will be a, a conventions and conferences kind of uh, um, building, um, although no doubt it'll have some sort of capacity in that respect. Uh, but we don't have a lot of detail on it at this stage. So, look, um, my understanding with the, what Dan's been looking at is that the uh, looking at the PCEC and its plans um, and also, of course, Crown, um, which is really the big addition to the conference and convention space in Perth. Um, you've had new hotel and new space open up there. Pretty big. Yep. And, in fact, the people at Crown in Perth are telling us that they believe the big new ballroom they've built is even better than the Palladium Ballroom in Melbourne, which is where they host the Brownlow Medal Count and lots of other high-profile events. May, may I ask what even better consists of? What, 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 are, what are the key <laughs> performance indicators on this? That was their model. That was their, 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 their model, and they've made it um, you know, a new and improved version of that. So they're pretty excited about it. Mm. And the other big new hotel... It's in a location that a lot of people don't drive past, so it doesn't get the same attention, but the Western Hotel at the eastern end of the city, uh, down towards Royal Perth Hospital. So another big international brand coming into Perth, bringing their connections, lots of new convention and conference facilities. So, you know, that's got to be a good thing for Perth. You're right, and it it is in a... What you would say, it's not on a main street. Well, it is on a main street, but it's not on Adelaide Terrace or St George's Terrace, as we'd expect. But I go past that one regularly, and uh, it's pretty close to the city, to the main, to the core of the city. I think it's a, a BGC are building that, I think. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that'll be uh, anyway fascinating uh, uh, feature. It'll be up on Monday online. Um, now, uh, don't forget our real estate panel session breakfast event, uh, the first for the year for us on February 17. We have REWA President Hayden Groves, apartment developer Paul Blackburn, real estate agent Vivian Yap, and CBA senior economist Michael Workman to talk about the property market. There'll be a panel discussion led by our property writer, Dan Wilkie, who always gets a mention in this podcast. Thank you. And thank you. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Parnell and Mark Beyer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud.